0: to the Hoops Royalty podcast. I'm King Jemison as always alongside Karna Venkatraj and we're back bringing you Royal Hoops Takes. But this is the part where I would usually say we're bringing you Royal Hoops Takes live from the 901. Except that would now be false advertising as we have both moved to the Great American Middle West to pursue our sports dreams. Uh, me in Chicago, Karna in Cleveland. But that does not mean that we're done bringing you superb Grizzlies and NBA content. In fact, we are only getting better, Karna, because today on Hoops Royalty, we're going to roll out a new three-part structure to the episode that is going to bring the royalty factor up another level, okay? One might say we're moving from dukes to kings or something like that. So we're going to start, as we always do, with a royal decree Uh, Little Birdie told me there might be two royal decrees, so we'll see about that. And then we're going to transition to news of the realm, where we will tackle the biggest Grizzlies and or NBA news of the week. Obviously a slow time on the NBA calendar, but we do have some Grizzlies news to discuss as Memphis wrapped up Summer League play a little over a week ago. And then while we're talking about Summer League, we got a little royal ranking game. We're going to put the Grizzlies, young guys, in order of how likely we think they are to be a valuable rotation piece. And then we'll finish with the third part of the episode, Kings Court. Excited about this one, man. We are going to debate a key question about the Grizzlies or the NBA at large. At the end of this episode, we will be debating who should be the opening night starting three. And we'll touch on who should be the starting three once jaw returns as well. But that that's a much easier question. So all that and more coming up in this edition of Hoops Royalty. But first, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Five stars, nice comments, wherever you listen to this podcast. We really appreciate it. With that, let's get to the Royal Decree. Karna, I've got one for you today.
1: Hit me with it.
0: See, you didn't have to do the drum roll. I had it ready. Yeah, My royal decree is Vince Williams Jr. needs rotation minutes for the Grizzlies. And I don't mean in the future. I mean, right freaking now. This guy was only the number 47 pick in the 2022 draft. Really an afterthought in that draft where the Grizzlies also got David Roddy and Jake LaRavia and Kennedy Chandler. Of all those guys, the one people were least excited about was Vince Williams, except I think there's a world where he's the best, okay? In eight regular season games for the Memphis Hustle last year, he averaged 17.9 points on 65% shooting from the field, 46% from three, and that's on two makes per game. He also pulled in eight rebounds per game, which is a 6-4 player. That sounds really impressive, but here's the reason why it's not even that impressive. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. This guy's got elite length. It leads to rebounds. It leads to steals. And then in Summer League, we got to see it on a bigger stage. He put up 13.8 points per game, 42% from three. Once again, eight rebounds, a steal and a half per game. And this is my favorite part. The Grizzlies went four and three in Summer League, right? Except they went four and zero when Vince Williams played. He missed some games with injury. But when he was out there, they were unbeatable. Listen, if he shoots like he did for the hustle, if he shoots like he did for summer league, he is the perfect fifth guy. He can come in there, knock down open shots, rebound, generate steals. And all the while, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. So let's see him out there. Karna, what do you think?
1: Are you saying starting minutes or rotation minutes?
0: Oh man, you're going to paint me in that corner already. He said
1: fifth guy. That's I'm crazy. saying that, that he's the
0: perfect fifth guy to complete a lineup. Like, okay, for example, John Contrar is a fifth guy. He's not gonna offer yeah. you much in terms of creation, but okay. he's out there to do the little
1: things. He's the and fifth think, best player on the floor at any time. Okay, exactly.
0: But he okay. fits in that regard.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm with you. So, yes, I think a lot of the p- past podcasts we've talked about kind of this archetype that the Grizzlies need, which is like a three and D guy that can kind of locked down and i I see you mentioned he's at six four he's listed at six six actually
0: oh wow Um, okay so so i was looking at like espn he he may have grown dude
1: these kids are so young these days like kaminga grew over like so it's very possible he grew two inches since he was like scouted yeah that's so, not surprising to me because I've seen yeah. this guy in
0: public and he is yeah, he looks like a big guy when you see him. Yeah,
1: and also we'll start introducing this future podcast guest, Vince Williams Jr. Um <laughs> Someday. So baby. I mean, yeah. I, I think even if you extend back, a lot of the scouting reports I was looking at when researching for the podcast have this guy projected as a top tier, you know, his ceiling is a top tier NBA shooter. Right? He was he was shooting, I believe, in the low forties at VCU. Yep. The guy can shoot. The guy has the physical tools to be a three and D guy. The question is, does he see those minutes this year when you have a guy like Marcus Smart, that kind of not plays the same role because physically they're not the same. But how are you going to balance those minutes? Right. You have a veteran on the floor who's a a defensive stalwart who's going to be covering the best guy on the floor. I think if you are playing him in a deep rotation, uh, Vince Williams Jr. in a deep rotation, giving him some developmental minutes, I have no problem with your role to create creek. Where I start to struggle, especially with some of the newer guys, right? We're talking about Zara Williams. We're talking about David Roddy. We're talking about Jake LaRavia later on in the podcast. How does that guy fit? How does he fit in as a long-term piece? Um, can he play his way into being a trade piece? Could he play his way into becoming a, a starter? Yeah, he has that potential. I'm sorry, not starter, a, a rotation guy. Yeah, he has that potential, or a
0: starter. It's, Come on, it's
1: all right. You can say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I think his ceiling this year, at least, is is a rotation guy, and maybe maybe start in the future. I, I won't. I won't hold that. I won't hold that. But I, I think he has that potential. He has the physical tools. From what the small sample size we saw in the uh, summer league, as well as for the Memphis Hustle, he uh, acquitted himself quite well. Um, I think one thing I would like to add on to your analysis because I agree with almost everything. I think what makes him super interesting is what can he learn from a de- defensive instinct standpoint from Marcus Smart.
0: That's a good point. What, That'd be a great what teacher. What can
1: he learn? from a playmaking standpoint from Marcus Smart and round out that game. So you're not just three and D you're a creator, you're a leader on and off the floor. Like those are things that he can pick up. I know, I'm pretty sure he's like a, he's known as like, like a pretty good dude. I don't know him personally, but like those intangibles also make him a possibility for a great role player. So we'll learn more about him when he comes on the podcast. Yeah. Um, But you know, I just think he, he's, He could knock down open shots, which we desperately needed in the playoffs. He could rebound, which we desperately needed in the playoffs. He fills a lot of holes for us if he can develop into a guy who can stay on the floor consistently.
0: Yeah. So more on Vince later, but I I hear you may have a summer league royal decree. I have a
1: slight royal decree, and it's crazy because you said
0: you're. Hold on, hold on. Let's get this this drum roll there.
1: Yeah. Okay, here it comes. I just want to say this. The king pushed back on me on this, and Vince Williams Jr. is a perfect reason why this could be a possibility. I think within the next three years, Gigi Jackson, and he's 18 right now. Gigi Jackson will play significant minutes for the Grizzlies in a playoff run. When I say significant minutes, okay, let's—he will be in the rotation.
0: Right. That is my argument. So I'm gonna I'm pushing back in two ways. Number one, I gotta say I like Gigi Jackson. I got no problem with him. I think he acquitted himself quite well in summer league. And I, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. First yeah. of all, this is in my opinion a very soft royal decree. Because you're saying three years out, this okay, very true. raw <laughs> prospect is gonna be in the rotation.
1: Yeah.
0: Yippity doo da day. Okay? I'm not that excited about that. Yeah, On okay. the second just, point, Gigi Jackson does have a long way to go to the point where I see why you're putting a three-year timestamp on this. Okay. Yeah. His shooting comes and goes. It was really hot at points in summer league. It was really cold at other points. And the thing I need to see from him, and this is going to have to happen for the hustle because he's almost certainly not seeing the floor for the Grizzlies this year. I yeah, need to no. see him show consistent effort throughout a game not have these lulls where it looks like he's frustrated he's down on himself and he kind of quits and the the book was he was not a great locker room guy at south carolina and obviously he had shot selection and efficiency issues all that's gonna have to work itself out on the fly in a professional environment if he can do that your royal decree might be right in a few years i
1: I think three years is a stretch even for that i think it is like Going out on a limb because you got to remember the kid's 18, right? Like, so many youngest things can in the change. Draft. Yeah, he. so many things can ch- wait. Bilal, is you mean the youngest American player? Because I isn't like ball like 16. No, he's I 19. thought he was the Never.
0: youngest player in the draft.
1: Yeah, that's possible. But either way, yeah, you're drafting the youngest player in the draft in the second round. Like, come on, like, I think it's like it is very much a 50 50 call, and I'm putting like my flag in the ground and saying, you know, GZ Jackson is going to be a part of a playoff run within three years. I think that's like, that is going out on, on a limb. That's, okay. that's like a prediction. Um,
0: there is no doubt he yeah. was as good of a player as the Grizzlies could have gotten at the number 45. Absolutely.
1: Pick. Yeah. Just so based off the summer league.
0: Yeah. It was a home run. Um, and, and there's a question is going to be, does his mentality match up to his skill level, his talent?
1: Yeah, and, and that's why you need to get him around guys like Marcus Smart, Derrick yep. Rose. Like, you got to remember at South Carolina, he's one of the most highly recruited basketball players to South Carolina ever. Yep. They rolled out the red carpet, they dropped the NIL bag. But now, when you walk into a locker room of guys, f- forget like Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, like guys like John Moran. Like, I'm hoping to see that leadership develop in him. And if it does, by the time that Gigi Jackson's ready, like, he's, he now has people to answer to in the locker room. He's not just yeah. like some golden boy prospect he's drafted in the second round he kind of squandered his talent at South Carolina didn't really show up in any big way we're drafting him based off of the talent that he had in high school and the potential raw talent he has I, I it's it's you know we talk about inflection points in athletes a lot especially with the John Morant discussion Gigi Jackson is at an inflection point in his his career right it's going to be either an upward trajectory based off of raw developing his raw talent, or it's going to be downward trajectory based off of, well, it could be based off a lot of things, but it could be injury. It could be what's internally going on with him. It could be ego, you know, all those things, but I hope, I hope it's the upward trajectory and I trust the Grizzlies franchise to, to kind of develop this guy.
0: Yep. And uh, they are only getting better in that development prospect nabbing a Assistant coach from the Miami Heat, who is credited with the development of Gabe organization, Hey, we said it before, and apparently the Grizzlies front office is listening to us. But, Karna, those are two great royal decrees, even if yours was a little on the soft side. But let's now get to the news of the realm portion. And for that, we need those trumpets. So, news of the realm, Karna. In case you were sleeping under an NBA rock, or you care about actual sports that are actually in their season right now, um, the Grizzlies played in Summer League. In fact, they're done with Summer League, and they went four and three across two games in Salt Lake City, five games in Vegas. Uh, They were undefeated in Salt Lake City, and then kind of an underwhelming performance in Vegas, weren't in contention for for the bogus playoffs. But the, uh, the two most productive players for the Grizzlies were Jake Laravia, who averaged over 18 points a game, and Kenny, Kenneth Lofton Jr., 17.7 points per game, seven rebounds per game for him. Then, of course, there was Vince Williams, the aforementioned X-Factor. The biggest disappointment for the Grizzlies was pretty obviously David Roddy, who shot 26% from three, yikes, uh, 40% from the field. He averaged 13.5 points per game and just... Didn't make the impression you'd want to see from a guy who got regular season minutes a year ago. No need to panic, but it was just concerning. And then, as we said, Gigi Jackson, the number 45 pick, youngest player in the draft, showed a lot of flashes, including scoring 23 points in the second game. Uh, as much as I push back on your world decree, he he is going to be fun to watch, and he's going to be a reason to tune in to hustle games next year. So, Can I get so- on a
1: soapbox for a minute? Just yeah, for a go minute. for it. I That's swear the gritty Summer minute.
0: League.
1: And we can add this to my role degree or whatever. And th- th- the reason I bring this up is because I'm tired of seeing David Roddy at the Miami Pro am dominate scrubs. And people be like, <laughs> oh, Roddy's up next. <laughs> and then Jaron Jackson Jr. is just like, re- like, yeah, chilling in Paris, like dunking on nobody. And people are like, Jaron's locked in for this year. It's like, <laughs> none of, none of, like, people do the same thing with Jalen Green. It's like, yeah, dude. Please, these guys are practicing. They're just taking it slow. They're just like he shot in Kevin Durant's face, and he started talking like mess. And he's like, "Dude, Kevin, no one's playing defense right now. <laughs> For, this is not even a regular season NBA game where no one plays defense. It's called a pro this is like a practice. Yeah, there are like amateurs out and. there. Yeah, I was so being like, dude, he's next up. It's like Hoop Central. No, he's not. I don't know how much Roddy's agent paid you to say that." but like maybe he is but this is not an indication that he is like this is like i'm not going to say project anyone's performance but i am getting angry with people projecting their performance based off of like practice or scrimmages or like a 24 hour fitness run like it's just not conducive to what goes on the nba basketball court i love the 15 second
0: the 15 second twitter clips you know, like you said, Jaron, like making a couple spin moves on air, dunking, and they're like, "Man, Jaron's locked in, big leap it was coming." So, I, would, I was, I like, was
1: literally so angry. I was like, "If cool. he couldn't do that before the <laughs> stuff that people can do at an esports gym, then we have a problem. We have a different yeah. problem, right?" Like, if this is like, locked in, <laughs> Zaire
0: Williams taking open jumpers, and you're like, "He's making progress." What? I would hope. Yeah, I would hope yeah. he would hit open jumpers. I mean, listen, I'm glad these guys are practicing. And not yeah. doing nothing, and and they, I loved Jaron's appearance at Summer League versus the Lakers. This guy yeah. cared about his teammates, and yeah. was also obviously having a fantastic time in Vegas. Yeah. but miss me with the with the fifteen second yeah. clips. And
1: and my point isn't that the leaps aren't coming; it's that these are not. This is not a data point to say that the leap, yeah. uh, the yeah. leap is coming. Let me ask That's you a, a quick point. question before you jump into your point, point. and I am sorry to throw us off a little bit, but no, go for it. I want to get your thoughts on Zaire Williams not playing in Summer League. What do you think? I know there was some Twitter controversy on it. I know people were like, why aren't you walking away from doing Summer League? I just wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on him. You know, he's a Stanford guy. just wanted to see what your thoughts were.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, for Stanford basketball, it's still a high point because there's, there's not a lot going on there at this point. But um, – when it initially happened, I thought there was some fun speculation that they're holding him out because they're putting him in a trade. And I was like, ooh, we're going to do something else. But that was never really the case. I mean, this knee injury that he's got, I will preface by saying I am not a doctor. But tendinitis is a lingering injury. And it's just kind of something that gets better with rest or doesn't get better at all. Um, and so I think it's just like not – it's not worth it physically for him to go out there is what it seems like to me. And at the same time, um, you know, it's it's not always that a third year player would suit up anyway. So I would have liked to have seen him, but summer league is not the environment you need to see Zaire Williamson anyways, because if you look at him last summer league, and we're going to talk about this in future segments, but um, he had the ball in his hands a lot and they were trying to run the offense through him to get him that experience that is not where his future lies with the Grizzlies or anywhere in the NBA, if he has a future in the NBA. Um, It's going to be being what we described as the fifth guy who's out there catching lobs, knocking down open shots, and defending. So the question for him is going to be when he gets back out on the floor, as we hope he will, is he going to be able to improve on his horrible three-point percentage from last year? Is he going to be able to show some of the confidence and athletic pop he had in his first year? It's a question of injury. It's a question of mentality. Um, And I, I don't think that him not playing summer league was any kind of real sign. I think it was more of a health issue and an acknowledgement that he's a third year player. And those are not really the reps that he needs at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, the third year gets me to, like, yeah, you're not seeing a lot of third-year players out there anyway. No. My only concern with him is, like, this mentality thing that we've seen from him. I'm sure he's a young guy. The tendonitis will get okay. It's kind of the same thing as, like, Gigi Jackson. Like, you got to just want to be out there if you're an NBA player. Like, I don't... I, I really don't have a better way to say it. Like, you just have to want to be there. Yeah. And I think at times he's looked like he doesn't want to be there even though he has all the potential in the world um you know it's interesting every time i think of Zaire, i think of that thing that patrick be- beverly said on the podcast is like there's like 30 or 40 percent of nba players that actually don't like basketball um mm. and i can i i can understand that to a certain extent right like you do this, something for all your life and you know, we think it's a game because we can't touch rim at East Florida, but like, you know, <laughs> hey, these guys are been... Per- yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I might not I be able to touch rim my with my
0: jump shot, but I can touch it yeah. jumping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have the video. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I understand it to a certain extent. I hope he... Because I think if he his attitude adjusts, I think Taylor Jenkins is more likely to put him on the floor. He sees more minutes, and then he proves himself as the fifth guy, and then he's an addition, right? He... And, and this might go against your rule decree a little bit, but he, he comes out and takes some of those minutes from Vince Williams Jr. Um,
0: and Jake LaRabia, David Roddy. I think that's And, the and Jake really LaRabia David Roddy. Is. He
1: he has all the potential in the world. I just hope he changes that mentality, and hopefully like some of those Twitter things ring true, and he's ready for this next season. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know if he's unlocked or whatever the hell Hoop Central said, <laughs> but I, I I think he'll be okay. Well, John ja if, if still he believes in him.
0: Jaw's still tweeted about how there's going to be a, big, a big leap.
1: That's a big thing, though. I, I think that, to me, was very good to see from Jaw. Yeah. Where he's never – but he's never really had that problem where he's, like, fighting with teammates. He's always been, like
0: – A good teammate.
1: He's just always been a good teammate. He's always been a good teammate. Not necessarily off the court. But, yeah, he's a good teammate <sighs> in the locker room. It's just when yeah. he leaves the locker room and goes to, like, Beale Street, wherever he was not dead, That's shotgun wounds. That's when he's, like <laughs> – when He's away from his teammates, that's when he's a bad teammate. Let's but, actually
0: keep him as a closer teammate. He needs proximity, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. He should just live with Jaren. And this is what should happen: Jaren, Dez, and Ja. I think they're all single, right? Like, generally,
0: uh, I don't know about oh, Des, Dez. Don't know. Dez. Dez has, yeah, a serious. Well, they should
1: all just move in together for during the season, yeah, and just like one big, like, frat house. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be good. No, I think um, it would be
0: good for for avoiding any more uh, off court suspensions yeah. because if you look at Desmond Bain, he's hanging out with this girl, with this baby, yeah. with his dog, taking yeah. walks through the neighborhood. That's what I see on yeah. his Instagram. Jaron, yeah. I don't know what he does with his free time. He's obviously Dude, got fashion, this fashion, That's his music. Big thing. It's gonna be fashion. He, he's he's got, got passions. He's pursuing yeah. his passions. I love yeah. it. We, we don't have to talk about the quality of the music or lack thereof. We don't have to talk thereof.
1: about that. That's not important. That's really not important. But <laughs> I, about, I just want to love say you. one more thing about desire. We talk a lot, just like translating it to another sport, right? Oftentimes in baseball, you'll see a guy in the lineup and you'll say, man, if that guy just hit 250 and a couple more bombs, we would have 10 more wins, mm-hmm. right? In the same way, if this guy can lift his shooting from whatever it is, 25, so let's get it to like 35, and that's a lot. 10 percentage points is a lot, right? 35, 40 like, percent, you're, you're hovering in that more elite shooting. Even just above 30, you are going to see massive amounts of playing time increase for it. Because if you have a guy that can consistently shoot along with a Luke Kennard, that means you're spacing the floor at all times, right? There's never a time. Desmond Bain is also an elite shooter. Every statistic, there's been a million tweets that have had statistics about Desmond Bain. I don't need to bring up a, a thing that he has a potential and is a very good shooter in the NBA. If you put two of those guys on the floor that can consistently fill it up from deep, and he's one of those guys along with his physical tools He's an important part of the Grizzlies rotation. Right now, he is. That's yeah. that's my opinion. I see the point you're going the, for there. Yeah. Like, yeah. his
0: improvement could mean so much to the Grizzlies. And it this yeah. could go for any of the guys, and this is a great transition to our next segment. But um, it would mean so much if one of these young guys pops because you're not yeah. missing much. You don't need yeah. another star, um, particularly after the Marcus Smart Trade. You've got an elite starting lineup or an elite – Top five players. You just need a couple more of the young guys to turn into playoff ready rotation pieces. And so, with that, let's rank them. Let's rank those young guys, Zaire Williams, David Roddy, Jake Laravia, and Vince Williams, in terms of who is least to most likely to be a valuable rotation piece. So, we'll start from the bottom, then go up. So, of those four guys, Karna, Zaire, Roddy, Laravia, and our boy Vince. Who do you think is least likely to be a valuable rotation piece for the Grizzlies? Who are you most out on? I think the guy that you're most out on, Zari Williams. Yeah, that's my number four as well. And it, it's we're probably prisoners at the moment because yeah, he's got the he's got the that most is scary too. Yeah, so it's in his knee, too. right? Yeah, it's in it's in his knee.
1: Dude, that's like, does that what it can turn? I'm not a doctor either. (laughs) Let's start there. But like, I feel like when you get to knee, you start talking about cartilage, and like with Lonzo Ball, you kind of see something similar, right? He he has knee issues as well.
0: Yeah, more severe, but still similar. More severe, but dude,
1: this is how it starts, man. Yeah. Because at least from what I know from physical therapy, very little, very little. Because I just do the stretches, and they tell me to shut up and do the stretches, so I do them. But. (laughs) What happens is like when you – especially when you're a high-level athlete like they are, you start compensating differently. I don't yeah. want to make a like a determination like I'm a doctor, but I will, I'm a data guy, so I understand this. The length of time that this has bothered him is what's concerning to me, that, that where it's like – it, it seems like it's been con- like concerning for a very, very long time. Did it bother him at Stanford too?
0: No, but he Is didn't play he a lot out? of games at Stanford. So yeah. he he had a couple of deaths in the family. It was really tragic. Yeah. And he yeah. it was during COVID. So he stepped away from the team. Yeah, But that wasn't just like a go to the funeral, spend some time with your family, come back and you're immediately reintegrated. Yeah. He had to go through quarantine. So yeah. he appeared, yeah, let's appeared let's in call that a let's, let's had call that a wash. Let's call that a wash. I don't think he had any issues yeah. at Stanford. But
1: I think it's still pretty concerning for how long he's been out. Look, it's really interesting, this question, because in a lot of ways, this is actually like a very good problem to have because all these guys can turn into very good players. Like they They all have potential and physical tools to be good players. And I think he does. So, you know, once the efficiency, if, if he's a guy that can be four, but we could be having this conversation next year and he could be one. Easily. So, yeah. So that's that's something. That, and in that case, you know, maybe you bump him up to three, maybe bump him up to two. But as it is right now, I can understand why you put him at four. If yeah. I was making this list, I would push back, maybe put him at three.
0: Okay. Well, and,
1: and move David Roddy down. Or, or so Vince Williams Jr. Down.
0: Just a couple of numbers on Zaire before we move on to number three. A couple concerning things from last year. His field goal percentage went down from 45% to 43% also on on lower volume, Um, his three-point percentage really plummeted from 31% to 26%. And he's only averaged 2.1 rebounds per game his first two years, despite being 6'9", and some say like 6'10". Last year in Summer League, we got excited about him because he averaged 22 points per game. But look a little closer. He did that on 22 shot attempts, 20% from three, and despite high usage he was only putting up 2.2 assists per game. And like you said, the lingering tendinitis is is the big question. I mean, his chance to move up this list and be- become the number one guy that I think his talent would say he should be depends on health and depends on the shooting stroke coming back. But let's go to but, a number but, another guy who that, who needs to improve the shooting stroke too.
1: One real quick thing on Zari Williams. Yeah. If he can get back to that post-season or late-season rookie year, yeah, that's where you want to see him. And we know he has that potential. So in my opinion, actually, I'm going to push back on you. actually. I'm moving Zaire Williams a little bit further up.
0: Okay. Yeah, you could do that based on Game 2 versus the Warriors in last year's yeah. playoffs, 2022 playoffs alone, because he yeah. was like the third-best player on the court. Yeah. He was really good. So th- there's definitely right, three, positive, positive
1: yes, things sure. to look
0: at in Zaire's resume, but not enough. So number three on this list. And again, we're ranking who is most likely to be a valuable rotation piece. So second to last for me is David Roddy. Where, where did you have Roddy ranked?
1: I think I had him four.
0: Okay. So with David Roddy, first of all, I got to say, I love his energy. No,
1: no, sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the list wrong. I had Vince Williams Jr. for Continue.
0: You had Vince Williams Jr. for, okay. Well, I had Zaire for David Roddy three. Mm -hmm. And I hate doing this because I think his fourth quarter against the Mavericks back in March was my favorite moment of the season. The way he brought them back single-handedly with his energy was inspiring. And I also might have been going through a stomach bug myself and needing something to pick me up. David Roddy picked me up. And he plays hard no matter what. But the problem is, similar to Zaire, he's got really tough shooting numbers so far. 43% from the field last year, 30% from three, was worse in the playoffs, did not get better in Summer League, as I said. He shot below 30% from three in Summer League. And he's just so much of a defensive tweener that he shows effort on defense. And he's great when he's going up against another big body like Zion. But he can't really guard down because guys are too quick for him. And he can't really guard up because he's not that tall. So I know the Grizzlies like tweeners. I would say that David Roddy is too much of a tweener. And his chance to make it depends on his energy, the passion he plays with, overcoming his physical issues, his shooting issues. If if that starts to happen, if the shooting numbers spike up, (coughs) then I could see him sticking in the rotation. But I am not betting on it at this point.
1: I mean, you could say that by any player though, right? Like <laughs> if, if, if they're shooting, shooting, shooting numbers you go, well, yeah. Man, Carna, if you're <laughs> the Grizzlies. Shooting,
0: yeah. You're, you're if I was
1: getting 70% roster. from three point land, I would be on the Cavs right now.
0: <laughs> like I um, You'd be their best shooter.
1: Yeah, I would be their best shooter by a lot. <laughs> um so look look, on David Roddy, I, I don't agree on one thing. I don't think he's too much of a tweener. And I and I think on top of that the way the league is going, you have these super freakishly strong guys just like walking around in the league. You need someone that's going to provide a little bit of strength in your lineup. Sort of like a P- – so let, let me ask you a question. If in, in two years, three years, David Roddy turns into like a P.J. Tucker, are you saying that that's not like valuable? No, I, oh, that's I, I, and, that's a huge win. I, I know you, I know you know he's valuable. Sorry. What I'm asking is – Is that not warranted to give him at least a two or one in this list if he turns into P.J. Tucker?
0: Yeah, because he'd be, again, the perfect fifth guy. I mean, we've seen of late the fact that P.J. Tucker not only can't shoot but refuses to do so has become a bit of an issue, so he would have to be a little more offensively dynamic. But no, that'd be a great result for David Roddy, and it's certainly there the the thing he's got mm-hmm. going for him is that for all of the shortcomings that we've described he seems to be an even better teammate he seems to be an even better energy boost on the floor so yeah if if he can just hit 35 36% of his threes and find a defensive home you know consistently be able to guard his position then yeah he could definitely Stick and be like a PJ Tucker, but
1: we also haven't P. J. seen Tucker, rebounding from him. That's true. PJ Tucker is six five two forty five. David 65 six five two fifty five.
0: Yeah, and and he pushes the people out of the way. That's for sure.
1: He's a strong body to have. I think he provides a lot of value. <laughs> if the Miami program does us anything, he's going to be LeBron <laughs> next year. No, I'm just kidding. uh I, I, you know, I think you're right. Like he shoots thirty. 30- Percent right now, I I comp him to twenty like the, those good rocket years that PJ Tucker had when he's shooting a, a little bit above thirty five percent right like mm-hmm. in twenty eighteen twenty nineteen he's shoot, uh PJ Tucker's shooting thirty seven percent that'd be solid yeah in the next year he's shooting like but you you remember I mean these this is like low volume corner threes because that's all he shoots um you know in the next or the year before that he's shooting again thirty seven. In those Raptors years, he's shooting forty percent. Like, I, I just think if if David Roddy improves his stroke even slightly, right? I I think he's a PJ, Tuck, PJ Tucker archetype, and that's something that anyone is going to need, especially guarding these super freak athletes that are coming into the league. You need to put a body on these guys. Like David Roddy has a body; he is David exactly the body. Roddy. So, so that's my point. As far as like usefulness on defense. The instincts aren't always there, I won't lie, but I, I think that the the issue is, as David Roddy, I, I think having him so low on the list is that David Roddy can produce into like a P.J. Tucker type that is instrumental on a conference finals or even finals run because he's defending this either first or second best player on the floor. And I think if he can give us valuable minutes, just like he did with LeBron in the Lakers, in the Lakers series, he's a very, very valuable piece to have. I hope
0: you're right because of all these guys, the one who I just like the most, who I like watching play, who I like uh, just his general vibe. It's David Roddy. I mean, he has an incredible vibe and uh, it would be a great story. If David, the body Roddy sticks in the rotation and uh proves that guys who look like linebackers can make it in this league <laughs> huh. um but i have him at number three and then that at number two a guy we've discussed at length i have vince williams you had him at number four so let me make my case first and i can i can and then you can push back for vince obviously i'm very much on the bandwagon right now for this guy who's an admittedly long shot project i mean he was a a second half of the second round pick. And yes, he currently has a 30% NBA shooting percentage in in his time at the Grizzlies, 14% from three because of a nightmarish one for 14 performance from deep in the regular season finale at OKC that was otherwise meaningless besides uh, Kenny's 40-point game. Um, But anyways, Vince does have the shooting acumen. He shot 41% from three in his junior year at 39% in his senior year on pretty high volume, and at the same time was also pulling in 1.6 steals per game, six rebounds per game with that length. And then when I was just watching him at Summer League, I love the way he sets his feet as a shooter. It's obvious he's been studying and working on his shooting footwork, and that paid off as he shot over 40% in Summer League. And he just has a knack for getting his hands on loose balls. That is the opposite of the other Williams on this list, Zaire Williams, who is comically bad at rebounding and generating steals and anything to do with picking up loose balls. Vince, he can do those things. He has a knack for getting his hand on the ball and pulling it in for his team. He also keeps the ball moving. He does not sit there and dribble. He's not trying to do things off the dribble. If he doesn't have a look for himself, he's kicking it to a teammate. I saw multiple plays in summer league where he would get a steal or get a rebound and immediately push it up the floor, like long outlet pass leading to an easy bucket. And I love that aspect of his game. So considering the Grizzlies will always have four more talented players on the court than Vince Williams, they just need someone to knock down open shots, defend, keep the ball moving, get rebounds. That can be Vince Williams. His skill set may not be the most talented of these guys, but the reason I have him at two is because he could be the best fit. Now tell me why I'm why I'm dumb.
1: I mean he shot thirty percent from the field. <laughs> he okay, he, he barely played. I, what I brought that about? up as
0: like the the anticipated counter argument. Yes, I know. No,
1: I no, and I'm being facetious because like his small sample size I get. It. I get. It. And he looks good at it from an eye test. <laughs> But he's admittedly a long shot. Yeah. These guys that we're talking about, I mean, LeRay, was LeRay got injured last year, or senior, or his last year of college?
0: He was injured last year. He didn't play. A he was injured last year. Just various yeah. things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember back being like one of those things. Anyway, look, can he be a rotation guy? Yeah, that's a ceiling that we talked about. Do I think he'll probably be like that? I don't know. I really don't know, and I don't. I, I think of these guys. There's these guys: David Roddy, Zaire Williams, Jake Laravia, lesser extent. But the, at least Zaire Williams and David Roddy, whether it's attitude issues or just a lack of foot speed, these guys have proven that they can hang with NBA players. Vince Williams Jr. has not proven that to me. Like the only way to prove that is to step on the floor, given the chance by the front office, and go out there and ball. And he just hasn't done that. So let like let's. That's why, like, we we are looking at peripherals. I didn't say that right. But, like, we are looking, like, yeah, ancillary kind of data points to say, create this picture of what this guy might be. David Roddy and Zyre Williams have real data points, right? Like, Zyre Williams balled out in a series. And David Roddy was up against one of the best basketball players in history during a series and holding his own. Like, these guys can do it night in. I won't say that. No, I not nah, say, say that. that. <laughs> they can do it like once or twice a week, maybe.
0: <laughs> okay, who, who shot better in the playoffs last year, Dylan Brooks or David Roddy? Probably Dylan Brooks. <laughs> it, it was Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks that, shot so badly
1: that he got fired. But we're they talking about something <laughs> different. The reason Dylan Brooks was fired wasn't because his percentage was bad. It's because he didn't give a damn dang about his percentage. It's because he didn't care about his percentage. He was letting That's that fair. thing fly no matter what. David Roddy has like the sense to be like, okay, I'm like I'm down horrendous. I'm one for six. Like, I'm not shooting anymore. Dylan Brooks letting that thing fly no matter what. Trust me, I'm very excited these are rockets. A rocket. Oh yeah um can't wait yeah, to see him play but, but, over
0: cam whitmore it's gonna be great for the future of the I, franchise i will
1: lose my mind cam <laughs> whitmore balled out in the, anyway no, he's that's he's good the point yeah I, I think my point is like look these guys have proven that they can do it on the nba level i think jake laravia in his small short time in the at the nba level did pretty well showed some flashes and then that balled out in the summer league like i'm much more high on those three guys that's why i have Vince Williams Junior last
0: Okay, well, let's get to the last guy that we have not talked about much today. My number one is Jake Laravia. And if this was based on his rookie year alone, it would be a tough case to make. But the reason why I have him number one in a nutshell is that he has similar attributes to Vince, and yet he has a higher ceiling. So some numbers for him. Jake shot 34% from three last year for the Grizzlies. And that's not great, but he was taking a lot of tough attempts. And then in the G League, he averaged 19 points a game, 36.4%, three-point shooting on very high volume, pulled in five rebounds per game as well. Then it kind of went back down to 32% at Summer League, um, but he was taking a ton of shots, including some questionable shots. They were obviously telling him, Jake, let it fly anytime you touch the thing. So... I'm not taking too much away from that because, you know, if, if you were to put Vince Williams, David Roddy, and Jake Laravia in a shooting contest, um, even if Jake Laravia's percentage was quite a bit lower than Vince's in the um, Summer League, I still think Jake might win because the attempts he was taking had a much higher degree of difficulty. But he's being billed as a shooter and he hasn't really been a great shooter yet, except he's doing the other things well. He averaged six. For- Free throw attempts per game, hit 81% of those free throws. um, Averaged the most free throw attempts per game for the Grizzlies, even above Kenny, who's such a handful in Summer League. Um, He's got a herky-jerky style. Like, it doesn't seem like he should be able to get past guys, but he does. Before
1: you even get into this, you're painting a picture, a familiar picture. Go ahead. Yes.
0: It, It is reminiscent of a Grizzlies nemesis who just got the bag, just named Austin Reeves, okay? And not just because they're both white. First of all, both of them are thought of as shooters, and they're really not that great of shooters, but they do the other things well, including get to the free throw line, as annoying as that is. It is a, it is a skill in this modern NBA. I wish it wasn't, but it kind of seems like Jake the Ravia has that in the bag. And if he does, his 6'7", 235-pound frame is going to mean a lot. Because he was getting to the rim at will in summer league.
1: Um, That's yeah.
0: That that was the most encouraging thing to me. Because I wish the shooting was better. And ultimately, he's not going to stay in the rotation if he can't shoot above thirty five percent. Because so much of his shot diet is going to be from three. But the fact he can get to the rim, get to the free throw line, and also mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. on the boards, add something with his size defensively. There's a lot to like there. And before injuries. He started the season ahead of David Roddy on the rotation last year. So there's there's data already to say the coaching staff might like him more. It is a question of he got hurt and Roddy sees that moment as Roddy's uh, prone to do. But I'm, I'm betting on him. The, his skill set is what the Grizzlies need. Knock down open shots, create a little bit off the dribble, defend and rebound. Um, the question is, can he get healthy and can he actually be the shooter he's supposed to be
1: yeah i mean I, I agree he only played 35 games last year only got 11 minutes per game on yeah. average i mean look like he has a ways to go he has a lot to learn 6 7 235 is a big thing like if you're able to get to the cup at that size you're able to do a lot of different things in the league and be really versatile and score yeah, he put in somebody in ways. the basket.
0: He 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 had yeah. a nasty dunk in summer league. I was and surprised. if he can
1: come up with like a mini post game, maybe mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. You know, we're talking about a player that can has a lot of assets to score in a lot of different ways. Um, do I think he should be number one? on the list? yeah. One thing I will say about this list: is too, he number one on your list? Yeah, dude. The only thing that changed about your list is I I dropped Vince Williams down to four. So I you bumped had... everyone up.
0: You had Laravia, Roddy, Roddy. Zaire, Vince, and yeah. I had Laravia, uh, Vince, Roddy, Zaire. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and like, if I was probably doing this list again based off of my logic with Vince Williams, you could put like those two guys last, Laravia and. But just based off what I see at the at the summer league, he just looked different. Like yeah. he looked different. He looked healthy. Let's talk about that. He looked healthy. Yeah, bounce. and I think as as he gets healthier, because I'm sure he's not 100 percent of the way there, as he gets healthier, that bounce is going to get amplified, the foot speed is going to get amplified, agility is going to get amplified. I think he's, I think he'll be good. I, I think if you look at some of the uh, his college stats too, they point to him potentially being able to improve as a shooter. I mm-hmm. think he has a lot of uh, good attributes, especially in this league. If they start cutting down and start calling flopping, then we might be talking about something different. <laughs> like I don't know, like I, like the Austin rape archetype where it's gonna like, because I think I, I think the consumer and the fan is getting kind of tired of that.
0: Yeah, I especially
1: have. with how blatant it was in the Grizzlies Lakers series. I think there's gonna be some like retribution, for, not retribution, but like just reconsideration of how we call like how they call files in the league. But either way, I think he has the ability to get to the cup, which is important. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's important.
0: So we've ranked the young guys. All The only person we disagreed on was Vince Williams. Uh, my list was Jake LaRavia, number one, Vince Williams, number two, Roddy, number three, Zaire Williams, number four. You also had Jake LaRavia, number one, and then you had Roddy and Zaire two and three with Vince in the basement at four. So we shall shoot. We will revisit those lists in the start of the season to see how the Grizzlies coaching staff feels about where these young guys are. But now let's get to our last segment, the Kings Court. And for that, Karna, we need to hear the gavel of justice. Order in the Kings Court. It's time to have a debate. Based off what we've already talked about, Karna, who should be the opening night starting three for the Grizzlies? Starting three? Starting five? The starting – so so we know that it will be Desmond Bain, Marcus Mart, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams, assuming that he's healthy, which he should be. Oh, okay, so who's, who's the last guy? Yeah, who, and by the, that? I mean the starting three, who is basically the, the small forward?
1: Oh, man. See, that's such a hard question to answer. And my answer Answer it. Don't be afraid. My answer. And this is gonna suck to hear for you. Is it not John Conchart? Like, is, oh is there God, not a no. world? Is there not hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel like yeah, have you seen the meme of always sunny of the guy like going yep. crazy being like his <laughs> <just> eyes to <twitching? laughs>
0: <laughs> This is not okay, Karna.
1: I I don't know. I'm like, granted, he's 27. Like, he's not particularly like a good player. No upside. No upside? No defensive upside? No hops? Nothing? No. No. I'm saying he is what he
0: is. He's a good rebounder for his position. He can sometimes knock down wide open threes. But that's what we've been talking about the whole time. No, 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 no. He's got, he does not have defensive acumen. And of Tyler. all the other guys you could have picked, they all had the potential to get better. No,
1: my, my – I don't real, see it with John Conchart. I was me. just looking at the ESPN thing. I, I don't actually – it's David Roddy in my opinion. Um, I, I'm taking Roddy, even though Laravia is both one on our list. Wait, so hold on. Deep- You're just going to say you, it is not Conchart for you anymore. No, no, it's not I was just joking.
0: I just uh, okay. like the
1: fact that he blocked AD. I think we all kind that of – was awesome. Left that moment, but it was – Freaking cool. Anyway, no, I'm taking uh, David Roddy. David Roddy's my answer. Defensive versatility, a true small forward, um, you know, provides some of that defense on the – he can defend in the perimeter and in the post. I think with him and Marcus Smart on the floor, you're going to have a hard time scoring inside and outside. If you have a perimeter guy and a true small forward somewhere between 6'5 and 6'9, David Roddy can kind of guard that. So I'm taking David Roddy. I think D- we prioritize defense until John comes back. I think you have enough scoring on the floor with Desmond Bain and, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. So that's who I'm taking. I'm taking okay. David Roddy and he can, he can spread the floor. He can, can he? I think that, yeah, he could make an argument that like LaRavia could spread the floor a little bit better and he's six, seven, but I mean, Roddy's a better defender. He's stronger. He can, he can defend a lot. I think in a, in a lot better way. Like if, we'll, if what we saw with LeBron was any indication of where David Roddy is going. I think it's. kind of
0: thought LeBron cooked him.
1: He didn't cook him. He did Dylan Brooks many times, but he did not.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah, I, dude, he did he, not cook Xavier Tillman. Yeah, he, he did not. not cook Xavier
1: Tillman. He did not. It so was maybe Xavier Tillman's the answer. You just do twin towers type stuff <laughs> with him and uh, Stephen Towers. No, That'd be the slowest. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Anyway, I mean nobody's scoring on that team. If you had Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, uh, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, the problem is you would not be scoring either because yeah. you have no, the, that's the
1: problem. Yeah, I'm you thinking You do not
0: the, have enough shooting out of those okay. four
1: that we talked about. David is the guy. In well, my opinion,
0: there's. Okay, so I am going to stand by my ranking and put Jake LaRavia, even though David Roddy is the more likely answer because of how he finished the season ahead of LaRavia, if training camp goes LaRavia's way, he could overcome that deficit and and be sure. the starting three. Um, his shooting should absolutely be better than Roddy's. Um, I think they're closer defensively than might you might initially think because... Laravia is a little bit taller and seems to move just as well. Now, Roddy's definitely stronger, and that's a big asset defensively, but it's also a question of foot speed, and they're pretty close in that department from what I've seen so far. Um, So I've got Laravia, but the guy we haven't mentioned is who might be the most exciting option. I'm going to tell you why I don't think it should be this guy, but what about Luke Kennard? Why not just go three guards
1: and Here's have my argument. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. You better hope he shoots like a 50%, 60% that game. Because, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, bro. that can't, That can't. He's just, you need someone with strength that can defend. Like, Marcus Smart can't do, he is a great defender. He can't do one on two, right? Like, come
0: on. <laughs> I'll, I'll put this out there. Luke Kennard will play more than whoever the starting three is. If it's not oh, Luke Kennard.
1: Yeah, I think
0: Luke Kennard yeah. should play 30 minutes a game this season
1: I would I mean, love to see him be I think it's a the play. fifth or sixth guy yeah,
0: you would, he, yeah he was not getting destroyed defensively last year and if he's not that big of a negative which he's definitely a negative but if he's not like a massive gaping black hole in your defense and he's on the other end shooting 45 plus percent and you know providing a little bit of playmaking with the ball in his hands could be worth it could be worth the trade yeah. off.
1: You said shooting forty five percent, and a shiver went down my spine. I was like, "That sounds so good." <laughs> he he shot um,
0: like fifty percent for the Grizzlies last year.
1: I know. I he was know. outrageous. Yeah, he was he was crazy. He, was, he went crazy, and um, you can also catch some of that writing at, at Beale Street Bears for King. He wrote about it first. One to write about, it, I'm pretty sure. I'm not. sure. I was but out I, there I, early like, on the. He was the train. best one to write about it for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it, um, bro. I mean. So-
0: I think Kennard should be off the bench though, because otherwise who's scoring off the bench. You don't have Brandon Clark. You don't have Tyus Jones anymore. Those bench minutes are going to be a struggle. So even though I'm starting LaRavia, I'm playing Canard more because he's going to need to captain those bench units.
1: I agree. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, you do. You want someone scoring off the bench. I, you know, on the LaRavia versus Roddy point, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, I think it's going to come down to training camp. I think, if I'm a front office guy though, I'm thinking very much like how I'm thinking, which or like I'm thinking, who's proven it at the NB like at the NBA level that they can be here, especially if we're talking about a starting five? Now, does that mean Laravia is not gonna play at all? Like, no, of course not. He's gonna play. Like, Roddy is not the end-all be-all. He's not the permanent guy. There's gonna be a good amount of minute sharing in that position. It seems like Everything else is kind of set. And you know what? One thing you might also see, which I I don't love the idea of it, but I, I I think it might be a thing that we have to do at some point, especially if one of these guys goes down, is you slide Marcus Smart and you play a little small ball. And you, you slide Marcus Smart to some sort of 2-3 position. Well, yeah, if you had Gnard out there, you'd that yeah, have to be how you play. Yeah, and, and you – yeah, exactly. And then – or or he, like, he, do you not see a Rose smart lineup? You don't think they're going to share the floor ever?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. The, the, the question is how much can Derek, can Derek Rose actually give you?
1: Yeah, that's, that is a good question. That's going to yeah, be a big but that, part. Yeah, that's of... my point is I, I I think that three spot is just going to be uh, – it's going to be three by committee, right? Like yeah. it's going to be like, – yeah. It's, You're no piecing together this together the small four minutes. You'll see Zyre Williams play a little bit in there. Um You'll see dude, you'll see a whole bunch. you'll see a whole cast of characters there yeah. until until we figure out who can who's gonna emerge. Hopefully one of the young guys emerges.
0: You might even see some Santi Aldama. Member of the Spain FIBA World Cup team. You know, okay, you, you, yeah. you might see some Santi Aldama at the three he needs to
1: eat some more food. <laughs> uh, Santi,
0: if you're listening, one pint of Ben and Jerry's per day minimum. Okay. I,
1: I I don't get like how can the Grizzlies not just be like, hey man, you need to like the opposite <laughs> of Zion,
0: <laughs> like
1: be like, hey man, like you did you, you know we're gonna like cook up some wings, like dude, in Memphis is the best like one of the best soul food cities in the world, and you're telling this man I can't gain weight. It's there? hard not to put on weight in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, dude, off. like dang, dude, the only reason I lost weight is because I'm trying. God, he's got dang. that refined
0: uh, European diet.
1: He's yeah, he's going to down like the little ham and cheese plates, and pick up like some wings, some wings, burgers, ribs. something. Mm. They have those uh, rendezvous nachos. Get those, man. Just to keep eating those, and you'll gain
0: weight. Co- cozy corner, Gus's <laughs> every day. Santi, come on.
1: No free ads, though. No free ads. <laughs> no
0: free ads. Someday, his sponsor. But yeah, yep. I mean, if he if if he's shooting even better than he did last year, which was already pretty decent, you could play a triple tower lineup with Santi at the three because what's different about him and, and Xavier is that Santi's spacing the floor still stretch the
1: floor yeah and yeah. Jaren can stretch it too so yeah. yeah I can see that so then you're okay
0: Um I'm going with Jake as the starting three you're going with Roddy you're probably more likely to be right but I think there's no right
1: answer to this like I
0: think it's good
1: I think the right answer is it's going to be small forward by committee
0: yeah, not would be a better it, sign for the Grizzlies if it yeah. is Laravia, in my opinion, because that means he's taking a big step up. He's passed yeah. Roddy again in the lineup. Yeah, could um, see Zaire as well. That would also
1: be a Roddy good sign. Roddy a valuable trade piece. If, if Laravia really takes that next step, Roddy becomes a valuable trade piece because I think the conversation you have is like, look, this guy's a P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker's been instrumental on every team that he's been on, and he's been in pl- deep playoff runs slash won a champion. Right. So like like he he has the opportunity to become a really, really important role player. Roddy does. If honestly, if he if he dropped a little weight and got like more foot speed under him, I think he's like really, really has the potential to, to do some great things. I think he's gonna do some great things for the Grizzlies this year.
0: Um the best case scenario is that all four of the young guys we discussed take a big step up and you have a problem on your hands. The worst case scenario is none of them are ready to play. You're forced to start Canard, and your bench is an absolute
1: dumpster fire. There's a chance for that. I don't think it's going to happen. Can I talk about one guy, though? Let's talk about one guy. What about Lofton? Why
0: are we not talking about Kenny Kenny, Lofton? I know, we haven't given Kenny enough love. Great Summer League again, but we already know Kenny can bully people in Summer League. because He was built to be a Summer League monster. Um, He should play this year. The problem is if he were, like, he is a better player right now than any of the young wings we discussed. Easily. But he's yeah. buried on the depth chart because he's not he's playing not over Jaron. He's not playing over Steven. Yeah. I don't think he's playing over Xavier or Santi either. Because Santi's already proven it offensively. Xavier has really proven it defensively. He's an awesome defender. So it's on Kenny to get to the point where he is not a defensive negative. Because he's a big guy... Who can score? That's great, but are you just giving it up on the other end?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: I, I would love to see him take a leap this year, and he should play. It's just, I don't know. Whenever
1: we play the Spurs, you got to bring him
0: in. He's dropping got, fifty on that boy. That boy is skinny. is going to have a tough time when Jaw comes back, and he's got Jaw trying to go over him. Can he try Can to do Nice
1: of Jaw Morant. There's so many of them, but like trying to dunk <laughs> on Wimpenyama. It's just a guy jumping into a crowd of people. He
0: he is insulted by the fact that Wimby dares to be in his division.
1: It's true. true. It's true. He's I'm, I'm worried about Jaw cooking the Rockets too, honestly, when he comes back. I think Jaw's gonna have a big season. Jaw always cooks he, the Rockets. I, th- I think he's gonna have an F- well everyone cooks the Rockets. Dane dropped 71 on us. Um, so like, he's going to have a big FU season. I think this is the FU draw season, but we can we talk can, about we that We can have a podcast. Yeah. Well, I
0: will declare the Kings court is out of session. We have, we have come no closer to terminating starting three because sadly the Grizzlies have not come to their senses and put us on the coaching staff, but we're betting either LaRabia or Roddy. We're hoping for a lot of canard off the bench, but Karna, that's it for me. You got any more thoughts?
1: That's it. But I, I do want to say one thing. I, I forgot to mention the 901 tattoo. Every Royal take that I make is from the 901.
0: Baby. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is straight from the body of a man with 901 etched into his skin forever. <laughs> sure. You'll never regret that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I won't.
1: I have no regrets. About no, it's this. a great time. That <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it for Hoops Royalty though. Thank you so much for tuning in to these Royal Hoops takes. We hope you enjoyed the new Royal Decree News of the Realm and King's Court segments. We look forward to bringing you more Royal Hoops takes. To be honest, probably the week after next because I'm I'm traveling next week and there won't be a lot of news. But we will be back soon with more off-season discussion. For now, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Five stars and nice comments wherever you listen to podcasts. It means a ton, y'all. Walk like royalty out there, folks. Go Grizz and have a great